0: Alright guys, welcome to the morning skate. This is episode 192. I feel like every week we do this, and I say like whatever the new episode is, and it's kind of like like bro, can you believe we did 192 of these things? Like honestly. That's so yeah.
1: many. How many do you think how many do you think I've done?
0: I've I've done this if this is 192, I think I've done 190. Because like Claire did one and uh somebody else did one. Fuck, I think. I, I don't know. Oh, and Dale's done some. I don't know, dude. That's so many. I think that's the biggest commitment I've ever had in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I didn't even think about that. That like, how many, how many podcasts do you think you and Dale have done together over the time? I don't know. Because Uh, like, I would, I'd like to pride myself as like one of the podcasters, Uh, but I don't do the, I don't do the interview ones and Dale does. I'm just kind of interested at those numbers. Cause I feel like you guys do a shit ton. You like went through like a phase. You've
0: done, you've done way more than Dale.
1: All right. Thank you. I just need wait, to wait. Dude, you've
0: been on since the first one. Like we started doing interviews last year.
1: Yeah. I also, but like, I also used to do like sabbaticals for a while and stuff, you know, Yeah, you would, t-
0: you would turn your phone off quite often. So if we've done 192 of these, you've probably been on like 15 of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Still yeah. pretty crazy
0: though. But Hey, how, how's everything going? How's your week? Have a good good.
1: week? I, I figured it'd be a good point to reflect right now. Uh, a year ago, A year ago, like basically, like a couple days ago, is when COVID started, and it was kind of crazy to think about that. I'm gonna wrap it in because, first off, like looking back at when COVID first happened, crazy. I remember, I remember like the first day. You like Rudy Gobert. You brought that up. That was a hilarious story because I remember we were like hanging out, like on Facetime or something, and like it was like, do you remember that? That was like kind of. I think
0: I think the Rangers were playing the Avalanche, and it came out that he got COVID, and like we were all kind of like, eh like who knows and then the next day it was shut down it's funny that you bring that up because like you know snapchat will like show you what you've posted to like a story over like the course of time one year ago today was when me and uh dj zumi and daddy baseball that was the night we went out and got fucked up and then went bowling and then the next day literally everything shut down (laughs) fucking wild
1: that's great. That is crazy to think about. I was just thinking back, like, the first worst COVID moment I had was like the first time I had to go to the grocery store. And oh. I got there at 7 a.m. And there was like a line around the block and there was like so many people. And I just remember going through aisles and being like, oh shit, there's only like seven DiGiorno pizzas left. <laughs> like, let me cop every single one. Uh, and to really wrap this up, uh, we were playing chell last night till 3 a.m. That's why Dale's not here. Usually we record Sunday mornings. We couldn't because we played. Chell through daylight savings, which was depressing. Yeah, and
0: and uh they need to fix that fucking game because we were we were playing people that we had no business to be playing.
1: Like it was tough, dude. Like I've always prided myself as a chell player in it. And you guys too. You you two especially, like you and Fever Boy Rex who we were playing with, uh, back in the day could hold their own on the sticks for sure. Like we used to battle like all day, every day. We could beat most people. Uh, and we lost fourteen to zero last night. That that's how we All ended right. our Yeah, night.
0: but okay. I also want to say it was fourteen to zero. But like for the last period, I think we didn't move our figures because we because the the strategy there was I think it was like seven or eight nothing going into the third, and it was like, well, if we don't move their pl- if we don't move our players and they score goals and we don't press X, it's going to take forever to finish this game, and maybe they rage quit because of it uh it didn't work. i actually
1: <laughs> think that was our <laughs> and, best defensive period
0: yeah and uh it didn't work so they were somehow they were able to skip all the replays and shit and it yeah got waxed dude it, wasn't it was like
1: it good. was just tough to like come to that realization that i'm like it was like 3 a.m i was pushing 30 i woke up the next morning after staying up till 3 a.m and i was like oh my god i lost 14 to nothing yeah until last night that's like I'm going to say it. I used to look down on Dale because we would get whooped like 18, 19, nothing by the boys in Chel. But like now that I've been there, it's a tough spot. It really is. And
0: I mean, I, I slept in quite a bit today and I immediately turned on a uh, last chance view and I watched the basketball one, but I'm rewatching the Buddy Stevens era uh, their second season when they go 11 and one and don't get a bowl game because the first game of the year they could only play, Rookies because whoever was on the team was involved in the fight the year before. So like that fight pretty much fucked them out of two national championships. But it, it was, I mean, dude, it's been a while since I've watched that show. If you guys have seen it, I would suggest re-watching it because it is fucking it's unbelievable, dude. Basketball and now, one's good too. Basketball one was really good. And we probably could have done this for three stars. And this has nothing to do with hockey. We're kind of like going off the rails here, but like three stars of last chance you coaches would be like a good three stars. So maybe we think about that at the end of the podcast or something like that because the new coach was awesome. And I, I also don't know any of their names, but uh,
1: I wish there was a Juco program out there that could take me on and I could go back to junior college and like learn how to play Chell again,
0: bro. I wish this was around back when they had Juco hockey and they like did it at Hudson Valley. Like I can
1: <laughs> the shit that they would have saw.
0: It, it would have been a way different program than than what they had on. It was I don't know. It was fucking wild.
1: I don't know though because like visiting your teammates, and this is the last thing we can say on it. Visiting your teammates, there's this scene where there's these four basketball players, and they live, um, they live in this small shack together, and it's just destroyed. And you go into the bedroom, and there's like four mattresses on the ground, and they're playing video games together, and it's like that's every JUCO house I had ever hockey house i ever walked into
0: that is true it probably yeah i don't know the storylines would have been really funny i just i like what you know what sucks about it dude is i definitely wouldn't even been one of the characters that they would like put up i would have been like the punter on like fucking the football one
1: like nobody <laughs> knows
0: who the punter is like i would have been you just like, that one, one scene yeah i did like one scene where in yeah. the scenes probably like they're, they're giving the press guide out and they they zoom into my picture and it says James Collins led his high school team last year in block shots. And then, they, and then they, the, and they zoom in on me and they're like, yeah, what happened? And I'm like, yeah, big role player.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe you referenced block shot champion. I don't even think we kept that stat, dude. Can you confirm that? Was that just a feel? Like were you just confident enough that you thought you blocked enough shots to write that down? did you even believe it?
0: No, I believe that.
1: So that was it. It was just a gut feeling. That's that's strictly gut. Yeah.
0: And that and that tells what tells me what type of hockey player I was like when I was sixteen to eighteen years old. Not much. <laughs> Not much. Damn, dude. Now people probably think I suck, dude. 104 points in barely a couple of years ago. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh NHL News. Fuck. <laughs> NHL in the news time. Uh, the first story I think is one of the biggest stories in, a, in recent memory that I can think of. Uh, ESPN acquired the NHL rights for seven years at a reported two point eight million dollars. There will be a second partner announced that will also have NHL rights. ESPN will get four of the next seven Stanley Cups. Rumor has let's, it NBC and Fox.
1: Let's break really quick. I'm going to stop you at each of these points. So right,
0: I'll with it. let's fucking let's. get So into ba- it. so basically.
1: I'm just curious. Do you? Th- there's going to be a second partner. I think it's supposed to come out this week with the second franchises. They basically wanted to give ESPN preferential treatment and be like, "You get it first, and then we'll deal with like the low lives after." Uh, NBC already has coverage. <laughs> Fox has never done hockey. What do you have on this?
0: Are you sure Fox has never done hockey?
1: I think they've done like all-star games. I'm probably wrong no, on right, that.
0: Like, Fox has definitely done hockey because they, you know, like in football, how they have like the robots. They definitely had like robot hockey players.
1: You know what I'm know. talking like, about? I just feel like, like the robots are robot really graphics,
0: ha- I'm not making that up, and I'm pretty sure Fox had bro. the the puck.
1: Fox wasn't the only sports network in the 90s to have access to robot graphics, bro. You
0: think you think other no dude, you can't just fucking steal robot graphics like that and get away with it. That had to have been Fox. ESPN was robot <laughs> graphics. We gotta look that up. I think write this down somewhere. Cause like I'm pretty sure robot graphics was Fox, and I'm pretty sure the glow puck was Fox.
1: Right. So yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, dude. Because Fox had like robot NASCAR pit crew members. It was Fox.
1: Yeah, it was five years. Five years. It started in ninety four, ninety five. So I stand corrected. Ooh, For some dude, reason, that's... I never even really re- that never really registered with me that it was on Fox. The All Star Game sounded super familiar. Like I feel like the glowing puck, like the trace, was definitely Fox. Fox uh, screams
0: like NHL hits.
1: Yeah, it does. Right, what right? you like, but do you just throw away NBC? Like part of me feels like NBC has a couple of guys who I still like. I don't know if they're going to jump ship or are you, are you sick of it?
0: I'm fucking out on NBC dude. And NBC's and I'm sure like ESPN and Fox are probably also going to cater to the new fan and stuff. But like NBC, I don't know. I don't know. What, what's Pierre McGuire gonna do? He's he's gotta get hired somewhere, right? Eddie O, I would think. Gary Thorne said this is huge. Gary Thorne said that he'd be interested in going back to ESPN. If Gary Thorne comes back to ESPN, he's immediately the best broadcaster in the game.
1: How do like, the dude, Baltimore Orioles fire Gary Thorne? I have no idea.
0: And on top of that, like I was like when, when all this ESPN stuff was happening, I think RA from Spin Chicklets wrote like a blog about Gary Thorne. Like people were like sharing some of his goal calls. I'm not kidding you, dude. There would be teams that I had no interest in watching, and he made it seem like I needed to be fucking watching that game. Like the the electricity, which is weird. Like talking about like an announcer this way, but like he brought a completely different element to the game of hockey. Like I've been watching Rangers games. And, like I love Sam Rose and he's a legend. And, and jo- I've never been a Joe McLeod guy, but. Like, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's, you know, they call the game or whatever. but Like when Gary Thorne's calling the game, dude, it feels like you're in a fucking movie. Does
1: that make any sense? He just has a voice. He just has that voice. And I think it is more of a baseball voice, but it crosses over so well in the hockey. He like takes you on a journey. It's kind of like Doc. Doc has like kind of a completely different sounding voice, but it's the same thing. It's the way he talks and maybe even like enunciates. You know Yeah,
0: it could be. I just, I think, I think some guys just have the ability to, like what you said, like kind of create that journey. It literally feels like you're in a movie watching that. Like when Ruslan Fedotenko scored in uh for the Lightning when they when they won the Fetty. Cup, dude. Like him screaming Fedotenko, Rusty Feds, like that was that got me going, dude. And he wasn't on the Rangers then.
1: What? Um, if you so if you don't want NBC, you're out on NBC. What guys do you hope get like brought over to ESPN or like the new network? Like, to me, a couple of guys that come to mind. I, um, one is Bush, Brian Boucher. I like Brian Boucher. Yeah, um, I, am like either or on Brian Boucher.
0: Who do you like? To be honest, I, you don't like Eddie Olchuk.
1: Eddie Olchuk's, I know for a fact, I don't think Eddie Olchuk's gonna go over because I feel like Eddie Olchuk's gonna be like, fuck it, I'll do Black the Hawks. Olympics and then
0: he does Blackhawks games.
1: And yeah, and he does like horse racing stuff for NBC too. You know what I mean? I feel like he's not going to leave NBC. (coughs) So I think he's gone. He's
0: one of my favorites though. Like I I know those people that do like the NBC, him and Keith Jones, like I feel like they're not supposed to be like the star of the show, but like I appreciate what they bring to the broadcast more than any of the other people.
1: Yeah. You know who else? I think Patrick Sharp's hot enough to be on ESPN where like Patrick Sharp would do, if Patrick Sharp went over to ESPN I feel like they would have him do like sports center hits all the time. Do you know what I mean? Because people like looking at him.
0: Bro, if they were fucking smart, what they would do is they would put a giant bag of money in front of Paul Bissonnette and be like, here you go, dude. Like Paul, I, we don't talk about spin chicklets, obviously, because like they're a podcast, but like we both listen to it. I appreciate everything that they bring to the table, all of that shit. Like they're they're fucking legit, dude. It, like I'd love listening to them. But like Paul Bissonnette, man, over the last like however many years, he's kind of become the voice of like new age hockey, right? Like because before Spin Chicklets and like podcast, like there was no real voice to it, and and Biz, like dude, he can relate to people. He's funny, but he doesn't really cross the fucking line. If I was ESPN, I would get Paul Bissonnette on that fucking thing yesterday and watch the game fucking explode. Yeah,
1: so, but I, I think I-, he
0: can, I think he can do that. I think that he. If they were to do that, the game would grow a lot faster than whoever they're going to bring over.
1: Yeah, I guess. I hope it doesn't happen, though, because I kind of like how... I just like what Paul Bissonette does now. Because he's, like, really
0: authentic and, like, he might have to, like, dial some of that shit back.
1: Yeah, that, and I just don't want to lose, like the other stuff he does i feel like he just like i like that like for me like paul Bisson, i like that he's like the radio guy for the coyotes Like <laughs> i just feel like that just kind of like adds to who he is as a person you know what i mean yeah Like i like that and like if you go to the espn like priorities and stuff i don't know moving on PM you know what i thought water. was
0: really cool though dude uh did you i think i sent it to you or maybe you saw it too the Stephen a smith on espn talking about hockey and shit like that he <laughs> yeah, was like it. okay so i don't I don't really watch any other sports besides hockey. Like I'll turn on a Yankee game. I don't really watch ESPN anymore. I just, when I think of Stephen A. Smith, I think football and basketball. Right. And I know like his antics and how he can get people wild up and shit. And like, I didn't really know much about him, but I thought it was fucking awesome that like, I don't know if ESPN told him to do it or if like, that was his idea, but like, him just being like, okay, this is what I know about hockey. Not much, but like, I'm fucking ready for it. And I think that's going to be really fun. Like, If you can bring Stephen A. Smith, who I'm assuming doesn't know anything about the game, because that's what he just told us, and you can kind of turn him into like a hockey fanboy, like that would be huge for the game too.
1: Yeah, and I think I think too, like the best part about Stephen A. is you know, if like if ESPN's telling him he has to talk about hockey every now and then, you you know all he knows is hot takes. Like he just wants to get some people going, and he's gonna have this uninformed crazy take probably right out of the gates. It's gonna get. Shit stirred up, So I'm excited for that because I feel like hockey Twitter and hockey Reddit is going to hate Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah. or, um, and I'm, it's going to be exciting. I need a villain. So <laughs> I villains, know. villains. I, I said this name quickly before. Pierre Maguire. Where, what happens to Pierre? In between the glass. Like, is hockey in America? I really want to ask this question. Is hockey in America the same without Pierre between the glass? Love no. him or hate him? It's a staple. No. And, here,
0: and I completely understand why Pierre Maguire could be annoying. Like watching him call a Pittsburgh Penguins game is the worst thing in the world. And it's slowly kind of doing that with Adam Fox with the Rangers. But guys, I'm going to tell you this, and this is a fucking fact. I don't think that there's a human being on planet Earth that loves and appreciates the game of hockey more than pierre Maguire. think about all the fucking time that guy's put into like study where ryan callahan played in eighth grade and like just like random ass fucking facts about pete like dude he was the last time they were playing the rangers dude like he was just talking fucking random shit about random ass people but like the facts were like i was like holy fuck like how did he know that again i know he can be annoying but like the guy fucking loves hockey you can never ever doubt that about him
1: I yeah, and I I actually do want to put. I hate some of his opinions, but what pisses me off sometimes is when people get on him for like knowing those crazy stats. Like it's, oh, it's yeah, cool like make fun good. of him, dude. But they're <laughs> sick. Like I love yeah. the stats. Like it would be cool. I don't know if you remember the ESPN show Stump the Schwab, but if they did like a trivia show, here. Pierre, yeah. It, wow. yeah incredible right and like yeah. someone like me like when i watch a hockey game i almost always have hockey db or elite prospects open and like when i see a player i don't know like i look at it and like to me pierre you like you said it before you don't want espn just to cater to new fans 100 percent. like they have to have stuff for like the people <laughs> who've watched forever and to me like people should fucking appreciate some of the information that pierre spews even if he's a weasel bro
0: stump Pierre is an all-time idea
1: because I think people would
0: watch it because they don't like him. They'd want to see him lose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. A hundred percent. There'd be incentive. Like the people would probably come in red hot. Uh, maybe Catherine Tappan can come over and host it. I like Tappan. I'll I throw like that Tappen. one out there. I think she's a great host. Like, I don't think like, I don't think there's a better one in the game in North America than Catherine Tappan.
0: Yeah. No, Catherine Tappan. Oh, dude, I, I have shown a special eye to Jackie Redmond. She does the uh, NHL tonight. <laughs> yep. I did message her. I'm going to try to get her on the pod fucking she's the best but uh I don't dude it's gonna be really weird he, like d- do you bring over Liam McHugh dude like he didn't do anything wrong but like I feel like there's no way but I feel he, like
1: ESPN can just fill that role you know what I mean gonna, like
0: with with like fucking Robert his like nephew
1: what'll be interesting and I just looked this up too because I didn't think about this like Darren Drager and Bob McKenzie are the two Canadian guys that are under contract with NBC, like they did hits for them. So, like, if I like if I'm ESPN, like you got I know Bobby Max, like <laughs> I retired, but I feel like he still does some hits or some info. I'd love for him to get involved. That'd be sick. I just
0: it's gonna be dude, Bobby. it's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see who they really give the reins to. Like, since hockey's been away, there's really only been two people at Yes. Well, three, three people at ESPN that I know appreciate hockey. One's John Bojaras, one's Linda Cohn. And one's Barry Melrose, but you don't really see him often unless there's college hockey being played. Uh, It's going to be like, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I guess my question would be is like, what if they bring somebody in specifically for hockey and they make that the hockey guy? Like, do you think that those three would be like, fuck off? Like we've been doing it for the last 10
1: years when nobody fucking gave a shit about this? Yeah, I don't. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Do you remember do you remember when uh, Tariko started calling a couple of games for a little bit? Like I thought he did he was good.
0: I, I thought he did pretty good. The last time I listened to him, I didn't think it was that great. But when he first started, was it last year? I thought it was pretty decent.
1: Yeah, and like he was not a hockey guy, so I, I feel like ESPN might go that way too because they have so many people, and I feel like ESPN's been like laying people off the last couple of years. Like I don't know how many hires <laughs> they're gonna make. Dude, I don't even know who works. Like, dude,
0: I literally don't watch Sports Center. Like growing up, that's all I watched because like I was I loved baseball and shit. But now, like I don't know. Like I don't dude, I don't even remember like half of their names. Wait, Levy. Levy's still probably there, I would
1: think. Yeah, yeah, Levy's there. Uh the only thing I really watch is SVP Sports Center. I'll watch that sometimes because I think he's funny. Yeah, he's good. And
0: there was there was one skit that he did where he pretty much talked about how like everybody in the world is going so soft and it's fucking ridiculous. I love that one.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Um uh, oh uh I don't, you got Do you have anything else on that? That's Um, what I want to. All right. So, so ESPN Plus and Hulu Live subscribers will have access to 75 exclusive regular season games. Uh, 25 regular season games will be shown on ABC or ESPN. And then, in addition, more than a thousand games previously under the NHL.TV package will be available on ESPN Plus. So, it seems like if you get ESPN Plus, you get every single game. Um, which means I'm going to get ESPN Plus, and that kind of works out because we've talked about like the how hard it is the stream if you don't want cable and like to get every game you possibly want. Yeah, um, but my experience with ESPN Plus is it sucks. Like yeah. the stream sucks, and like I'm not pumped about that. Like this might be a really stupid question. Is
0: ESPN Plus only online?
1: No, there's like an app. There's an app you can like. Yeah, your- but
0: like the I Direct TV, I don't have the channel ESPN Plus.
1: No, it's not. It's a streaming service. Oh,
0: that's annoying as shit, dude. Oh man. Oh,
1: why? Because you wanted to buy? What were, do you buy? You don't buy the package though, anyway. Because I have, have, have
0: Center Eyes, but like, if there was a channel that was called ESPN Plus where they had all these games on, I would make sure that I had it.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I don't, I don't under, I don't know how much ESPN Plus is either. I just thought that was interesting. If that's actually how they do it and it it works out, I'm all for it. I'm just <laughs> scared about ESPN Plus. I feel like I've been. The only time I've ever used it usually is for, like, when I'm with people who are, like, running fights, like UFC. Right. Uh, and it always seems like there's some sort of issue going on.
0: Always, dude. And honestly, I'd probably get Hulu Live.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just getting suckered into more, I guess. But, for, I mean, from your perspective, as someone who lives in their own network anyway, it doesn't really affect you at all. If anything, it sounds like just more games on TV. I am the network. Uh, all right that's ESPN that's 20 minutes of ESPN
0: uh moving on Patrick Kane played a thousand games uh just want to kind of give you his stats well he's played a thousand and two games right now 400 goals 663 assists for 1063 points I think he's going to go down as the best American player of all time until Austin Matthews finishes his career uh but they made him do this video where he counted to a thousand and I thought it was hilarious because it's like the most goofy thing ever and i was just like wondering what they had to do to convince patrick kane to like do this because like that takes a lot of time to count to a thousand
1: yeah yeah i i don't have to pump his tires too much i think we said this like three podcasts ago that we thought he was the best american to ever play um that video is crazy we we tried to do the math on it and i don't even know if this math is right ken ken was like ken what was your quote uh you you didn't think that he literally counted to a thousand because i watched the video It took 58 minutes
0: There's 58 minutes to count to a thousand. And
1: this is where I get confused by it because like
0: that you didn't make that up. The video is 58 minutes. How does it take you more than a second to say one, two, three, like each number should be one second. So why isn't it 1000 seconds?
1: Say yeah, but 965, that could maybe be 1.2. You got to take breaks in there. That's 58 minutes straight of counting. It looked like he was going a number every 3.5 seconds. That was the clip he was at. I think that's a steady pace. Got it in under a minute. I think that would ultimately be the goal. Every
0: three and a half seconds, he said a, a number? I feel like that that's forever.
1: But it was it was calm. It was tranquil. It was, it like was such,
0: tranquil. It was really calm. You know what I
1: mean? That was the vibe. I feel like, how long do you think it would take you to say a 1,000?
0: I would think it's 1,000 seconds. seconds. I would
1: have bet my life on it. There's no way you – but nine, say 987, 988. That's, like, more than a second.
0: 997. That's one second. 998. That's that's another second. But also, like, I'd have to be super dialed in to do it. Like, I don't know if I could go – I don't think I could count to 1,000 seconds without taking a break and being like, this fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, all right. So right now, you're going to count – when I say go, you're going to count from uh, 990 to 1,000. I'm going to time it. Ready? Okay. 3 two, one,
0: 990, 991, 992, 993, 994,
1: 995, 996, 997, 998, 999, 1000. All right. So that took 13.89 seconds. Damn, so okay. Just, but still, I mean, at that point you're saying that you would finish it. If you went on that rate the whole time. I know, I, was at, I was at, I was
0: at a serious clip right there. I don't know. Yeah. If that. Is, that, that was, is that sustainable? No,
1: all right, so that no. answers that question. I The one other thing I wanted to bring up, I just thought it was cool because I feel like it coincides because Patrick Kane's been so huge in hockey. Uh, earlier in the week, it was eight of ten of the top goal scorers in the NHL were Americans, Matthews, DeBrink,et Kreider, uh, Trot, Vincent Trocek, there you go. uh, Besser, Pavelski, Pacioretty, Tuck. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know why I couldn't say Trocek. I feel like I wanted. I was reading it, but I kept wanting to say connect me, and I was like, no, Ryan, like that's Vincent I, Trocek.
0: I keep seeing that Vincent Trocek's like trying to be a DJ. He came on the pod once.
1: He That's good. I mean, not great because we know Ryan Spooner, fam- former Bruin ranger, Oiler, he tried to become a DJ. He's uh, a Yeah, he went out and well, then he career. fizzled out. Zibanev <laughs> scored 50 goals, uh, and now the DJing caught up to him. So I don't think that's sustainable.
0: There was a when the Rangers got eliminated from one of the playoff series. uh, Forever blue shirts, Anthony. He came on our podcast a long time ago. He pretty much tweeted out like, "Hey Mika, you should probably spend less time on the DJ turntables and more time focusing on hockey." And whenever Mika and like a lot of people don't really like. Not a lot of people. Like obviously like both there's both sides of the people and like there's some people who like and some people that don't. The people that don't whenever like something happens with Mika Zabinajad, they always mention the fact that he said that. So be careful when you said that too.
1: Fair enough, dude. I, that's all that's all I have on that. Good luck to the DJ, uh, career of Draw check.
0: All right. Kirill, is it Caprisov or Caprasov?
1: I don't think it matters either way.
0: Okay, Kirill the Thrill gets his first hat trick. Uh, he has 10 goals, 14 assists right now. He's playing with Zuccarello. is just feeding him a puck. I'm so jealous that the Wild have a young electric prospect that Zuc could have played with, and Zuccarello that never once had that with New York but still led their team in points and only got traded for a second-round pick. I'm still bitter about that. Uh, I mean, this kid, he's kind of made Minnesota Wild, not Minnesota Wild.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree with that 100%. He's electric. I don't have too much on it cuz we talked about this guy last week too. Uh I just thought it was notable. Uh <laughs> but I did I mean he's leading uh the wild in points. He's leading all rookies in points and he's definitely going to be an unbelievable NHL player like like borderline elite. Like I I don't know. It's hard to say, right? But uh I just want people to remember he is 23 though, right? Like There's a lot of 18. There's a lot there's a lot
0: of butt hurt people out there right now because he's oh. a rookie and he uh, he's played so many
1: KHL games and stuff. There's a lot of people that are actually pissed about that. Oh well, at the same time though, you, like you have, he has to win Calder. Like there's no chance Stutzel's in second in Pass scoring, to. Um, to. like and he's earned it. And I like you know what I mean. Like you can't. I was just making that point. Like he's not 18, so like it's unbelievable what he's doing, but it makes a little more sense that at his skill level, he was able to come hundred
0: percent. And like, I don't think rookie is how old you are. I think rookies from the moment you start playing in the national hockey league. Right. And like, that's, that's what it is. And he's fucking ripping it up, dude. He's so good. And just like, he gets the puck. He has, he kind of has that uh, – remember when Ilya Kovalchuk was nasty with, like, the thrashers and shit? And whenever he'd get the puck, you'd kind of clench up, and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to score. And, you, and like, you would literally be like that until he didn't have the puck, and then you'd be like, okay, thank God. He kind of has that to him, and, like, that's special trait. So, uh, shout-out to him. We have a quick saver – well, not so quick. Eh, I guess quick savers uh, update. They've sold about half of their 25% capacity tickets to season ticket holders, half of them. And now they're available to general public for first home games against the Bruins on the
1: 20th. I just wanted to point this out because that shows how sick of all this Buffalo is. Because I lived in Buffalo. I've talked about it a bunch. There's two things I know. They love hockey. um, And they seem like just the type of fan base that would jump all over this. So it kind of goes to show no one gives a shit. That's sad.
0: Yeah, it is. That's what happens when your team plays like that.
1: Yeah. But I was thinking about it. if there's any fans in the Northeast that really want to see their team play this year, it looks like Buffalo might be the best shot. Probably hop on a cheap flight. Yeah, the dude, you probably get weekend. cheap
0: tickets too and fucking just crush chicken wings and go to Niagara Falls. A beautiful little trip. Uh, <laughs> Jack Eichel's out with an undisclosed neck injury, no real timeline. There was a report that he was playing with a cracked rib before training camp started. Uh, I don't know if this – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this probably uh, – Longates the uh, timeline to Jack Eichel becoming a New York Ranger, but uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious he had an undisclosed neck injury because I remember what what game were they on? Like they were on national TV and they got shit pumped. Who are they playing? Um, fuck, it wasn't that long ago. But Eichel came back to the bench and like the trainer came over and like touched his neck and Eichel like fucking freaked out on him and it was like okay, well his neck hurts. And then like two games later, it's like he's out with a neck injury. So. I, I kind of saw that one coming, but uh my question for you is when Shaq Eichel wouldn't be a New York Ranger.
1: <laughs> I don't I uh I don't want to actually answer that question to be honest with you. I don't I don't have time for this Rangers get every player ever talk. Yeah. Uh, according to you too. I don't know if you want to get into this. You don't think the Rangers would have to give up Lafreniere or Capo to get Eichel? I strongly disagree on that. Right, uh, we'll see, we'll
0: see what happens.
1: I don't know. The only thing I was gonna say on this, it's like it's so hard as a fan, like I always have to curb like my initial thoughts on a player, because when we have he, no idea. Yeah. Because when the, when the neck injury officially first came out, it was like, Oh boy, like, is this real? Or is this like, he doesn't want to play? Like he's frustrated. Like he's the captain, like things have never gone his way. And then you hear that he's supposed supposedly been playing with a cracked rib all season. Like that's kind of tough.
0: Fuck. Yeah, dude. Playing for a team that is not even going to sniff the playoffs.
1: Terrible. And he did that for that team. So it's like, I'm trying not to jump to conclusions, but it's just a weird situation what's, what's the a, back what's a word that comes like, to
0: mind when you think of that.
1: What do you mean? It's
0: leadership, dude. I that's, guess that's, that's leadership, dude. Like that guy does not need to be playing hockey with a cracked rib. They're not going to make the playoffs and he's getting paid anyway.
1: Yeah, it'll be exciting when the Rangers give up the whole farm for Jack Eichel, I can't Or wait. when the
0: Rangers don't really give up that much and you guys are stuck with the, another Boston boy that'd rather play in New York. Crazy.
1: Uh, uh, and then, right, oh, so oh, the ru- one. Yeah, rumors come out. We talked about this guy after USA won World Juniors. Uh was Nate Lehman, who's the Providence coach. He won a national championship at Union and Providence. I said he's the future of USA hockey, and now it sounds like the Sabres might try to ruin him. Um <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Like, Lehman... I, you like nailed it, you nailed it Lehman,
0: dude, because you mentioned this a long time ago. That, like, this is a guy that, like, is getting a ton of, like, exposure as, like, a coach, right? And then, what do you know? Here, here it is. Um, for, for the shit that you've told me about this guy, it sounds like this is the guy that, that the Buffalo Sabres would, like, need. But you're right. Like, they're only going to ruin him. So...
1: Yeah, uh, and, like... I, David Quinn, it's still up in the air if he's going to actually work out or not. Uh, remember no, no. when Hackstall came to the Flyers from North Dakota and he was like the prodigy coach? Yeah, College hockey to NHL doesn't always translate and work out. And like some part of me wonders, like Nate Lehman, like is he – there's a difference. It's like in the NFL and college football too. Like college coaches are like good recruiters. Like you know what I mean? Like they teach lessons and shit. Like they just like get talent and that's why they're good. And then the NHL, you're kind of dealt the talent you're given. Two completely different circumstances.
0: Yeah, I don't see Buddy Stevens coaching the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah. So and like if you're so if you're Nate Lehman, this is you. You've worked your whole life. You finally have a chance to you coach do. The hey, NHL. Yeah. Mm.
0: You have to, because <laughs> you want to know what? Like, what if he does turn around Buffalo? You know what I mean? Like, like if, if, if you if, and I feel like, I feel like all coaches are like this. Like. I feel like coaches like challenges like that because if you can fix that, dude, you're a fucking genius.
1: I yeah, I agree with that, but I also feel like what if he waits one or two more years, right? And then he gets like a job from offer from like a real franchise.
0: I don't know, man. Or he or he waits one and two more years and the NHL just does the same thing of hiring the same guys over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. And speed and then the other rumor I saw too, and <laughs> this is the complete opposite. Uh, Steve Ott, I I think the fans in Buffalo want Steve Ott to be the next coach. I think he's been working with the blues. Bro, that would be the most Buffalo Sabres thing of all time. (laughs) I don't, yeah. I mean, if Steve Ott though, I mean, you bring, maybe you bring in Patrick Coletta, uh, Andrew Peters, maybe have him in player development, like really just kind of get a,
0: I tell you what, dude, Steve Ott might prove me wrong. I think it'd be an absolute nightmare if he coached the Sabres, but I will say this, that team would fucking compete. Like they they there would I don't think there'd be any nights off.
1: No, I I mean at the end of the day, like I will contest with anyone. The Steve Ott, Sean Avery, Dallas Stars were the most annoying team, arguably in like recent NHL history. A
0: hundred percent. But like can you imagine if you were a fan of the stars during that time, how much fun that was probably like watching that.
1: Yeah, that that
0: one fight against the Bruins was all time with like Lucci trying to get after Avery and like Dude, Sean cool. Avery, man. What a fucking player. They don't make they don't make Sean Averys.
1: And I say this as like a complete compliment to Steve Ott. Like people act like Brad Marchand's like a rat. Like Steve Ott was next level, like annoying. Like he, he was
0: annoying for sure. He laid he dude he fucking killed Zuccarello in a game. Rangers, Canadians, in the playoffs. And if like Zuccarello's my size and Steve's uh, Steve Ott's like 6'3, and fucking murdered him. And it was like I guess you play hard and shit like that, but I feel like the big guys probably, like, you don't see Zidane Chara taking a fucking run at, like, Alex Dabrinkit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like I feel like you kind of have that respect that you don't want to kill them, and, like, he just didn't. But at the same time, it's a guy you want on your team.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I 100% agree. Um, apparently, he's big into power. He's He was involved in boat racing, so he's a big boat guy, too, apparently. Before he played in the NHL, he raced some boats, so that's cool, Steve uh,
0: damn, dude, that's kind of <laughs> sick, dude. Uh, moving on Clarkson uh, men's hockey season was canceled after the team threw a party, breaking the school rules. Um, I have a couple things on this. I think the first thing is you're an idiot. If you don't think all the other teams aren't doing this Clarkson just got caught. Uh, Clarkson would have been one of the last teams that I would have thought that would have gotten caught.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because- but here's my perspective. Like, and you know, we're upstate New York guys. You ever been to Potsdam, New York?
2: Yeah. What else,
1: what else is a college hockey team going to be doing in potsdam new york they're probably oh, going to be drinking beers and when they drink when college kids drink beers they probably make poor choices it just sucks because like they didn't follow the rules and like with covid like i know college athletes have been like going through a lot so when one team slips up it's kind of like well you fucked up like you did it like i get that perspective and then it's also like they're 20 year olds who made a choice. like I'm telling you, in like, Potsdam, New York, I played in a hockey tournament there once and I'll never forget it because I knew I was in for a great hotel stay when we got to the hotel and the people at the front desk were like, they opened a curtain behind the front desk and they are living behind the front desk and I was like, where am I? But Potsdam, New York. Yeah, so I don't know. You know some alumni, uh, Clarkson alumni, do you, have, do you have any thoughts?
0: I talked to him about it today, kind of said the same thing, like, uh, <clears throat> everybody's doing it, they just got caught. Um, it is what it is. I don't know if people are mad at Clarkson, but like if you're Clarkson, you have to do that. You can't just fucking let that slip. You know what I mean? Like you have to bring down the hammer and like,
1: yeah, I agree. I,
0: and I know some people don't think COVID serious. Some people do, but like at the end of the day, we're living in a world that wasn't the same world where we you're living in two years ago. And for me, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And I mean, I don't know. It sucks. It definitely, I mean, I think, think, dude, think about the seniors on that team. Like, how much that fucking sucks for them. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They just got caught, dude. You don't, that's the thing. That's 101, bro. That's 101 of life. Don't get caught. <laughs> that's nice. That's my Thanks. next tattoo. Uh, Jordan Binnington contract, six years, 36 mil. He started 100 games in three years with the Blues, 63 wins, 915 save percentage, 2.4 goals against, and he won a cup. Saw a lot of people not liking this deal. Uh, which w- I thought was insane because Bennington's been what the St. Louis blues have needed for years. And on top of that, like he makes less money than Murray does in Ottawa. And that guy's not worth that. So what what do you have on this?
1: Yeah. So I agree. I think it's a fair deal. I don't I know. A There's something that... for a goalie.
0: Wasn't Hank making like fucking eight or nine million. Yeah. But Hank like was that?
1: a better goalie. Like you just Correct. read his stats. He won a cup. Like Bennington is a very good, Goal. he's not elite like six years 36 million to me that's like such a fair value and yeah my issue with it is what Bennington's quote uh was being on a competitive team was something that matters to me I'm not looking to kind of crush the bank. It's not all about money to me. At the end of the day, what you look back on and feel in your heart is the memories made and being there for your teammates. Bro, you just made $36 million. It's not like you're it's not like you took a hometown discount for the yeah. squad. You got fair market value and you're over here lecturing. It's not about the money, bro. 36 mil. Give me a couple of that if it's all about the team.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like a very arrogant
1: thing to say. Yeah, dude. Like, you just signed a good deal. Like, it was – people who think that's an overpayment are an idiot, but, like, get off your fucking high horse, Bennington.
0: Yeah, man. That's mad funny that he – like, people are pissed that he's making that much, and he came out and he pretty much saying he's pissed that he's only making that much. (laughs) Unreal. (laughs) That's a fucking roller coaster. Uh, Scats – oh, wow. Scott Sabrin. Uh, we talked about him last year. This is a guy that Austin Matthews kind of clowned on when he like looked at the back of his Jersey. Everybody thought it was really cool. You remember that week of last year? Uh, his first shift at HL this year, he runs the Rockets goalie, Caden Primo, pretty sure son of Wayne Primo. Uh, one of their better players steps in Keith Primo, Keith Primo. Didn't
1: I say that? What you said, Wayne, there's two of them.
0: Oh my bad. Uh, one of their better players steps in and then pretty much just takes a ton of punches to the face. And the refs come over and break it up. And the fucking the guy who's like the gooder, like the better player is like, why did you just do that? And Sabin's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Anyway, I didn't know about this. Immediately called up to the NHL taxi squad after the game. I fucking love that, dude. Like this yeah. might be one of the coolest things that the Leafs have ever done. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like that too. I think he might have just been down there to condition. He's gonna come up anyway. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but it, I thought it was funny. He got sent right back up. And it, I just wanted to write it in the topics because such a great shift. Like you have to watch it gets the puck, skates end to end, runs the goalie. Like you said, this, this sweetest yeah. prospect comes up to him, like says some words and, and Sabrin just drops the glove and starts. That guy, that him.
0: guy not for one second thought he was going to get in the fight there.
1: Not at <laughs> all. I'm like, I just, I love that response. Like. I just thought that was so funny, like because I'm sure Saber was like, "Oh man, I ran the goalie. They're probably gonna want to fight me." So he assumed this guy was gonna drop the gloves. It's just like the complete. It just showed like current day players versus kind of like the older yeah. school veterans. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what it was. I love it. Too. I mean, make your mark on the AHL, Scott Saber.
0: Yeah, no, and and you want to know what, dude? We, like again, this is one of the cooler things that the Maple Leafs have done in the last however many years. So. uh Here's one is is boring Sean Monahan the most under the radar player in the NHL first player from the 2013 draft class to score 200 goals. McKinnon has 196, Barkov has 164. How is that?
1: Yeah, so I looked it I looked it up. Kind of crazy, uh, right? Like there used to be that boring uh Sean Manahan, Monahan uh Twitter account like just like a quiet dude. He's been in the league since he's 18. He scored 20 goals every single year. He like never really eclipses 30 maybe a couple of times. Um, he has, but he always scores 20 goals. He's always there. McKinnon kind of had ups and downs at first before I think he realized. He had a real bad year earlier. In his,
0: he had a, like a bad year early in his career.
1: Yeah, so I don't know, man. I, to me, I, I just wanted to point out because no one talks about Sean Monaghan, and I think it's almost like the Ryan Nugent Hopkins effect where it's like Western Canada, the Oilers have a couple stars, like the Flames people think could drill right off the bat, but Monaghan's always been right there
0: interesting stat dude i never in my life would have guessed that
1: do you think people too and you can just give me a yes or no do you think too many people say alex barkov's the most underrated player in the league yeah dude
0: but that's what happens if you if you're the most underrated player in the league everybody starts talking about it and then it gets annoying that that's the case
1: yeah Louis erickson was the most underrated player in the league and then the the same thing with patrice bergeron
0: dude i feel like that's another like patrice bergeron so underrated no he's not dude like He's I think great. at this point, everybody's talking about how underrated he is, that everybody knows how special he is.
1: Throw, an, throw another name in there. Mark, uh, Matt Barzell, I think, is at that point, too. It's like, Matt Barzell is really good. No one underrates him. Everyone knows he's one of the most electric players in the league. Yeah. I wonder who
0: the – We should Next week, we should come back with our most underrated player in the NHL. I already have mine, Zuccarello. It's not even close. Uh, really? Yeah. Dude, he's so fucking good. See the moment you put him with somebody who can score goals? He's fucking – he has over a point per game. Like yeah. he played on a Rangers team that had, well, they were supposed to have offense, but Rick Nash just fucking, you know, he got to New York and forgot how to score, but don't worry. He did all the little things. Fucking <laughs> me nuts, dude. all um, oh, that drives me nuts. I would love to like replay some of our old podcasts when Rick Nash was on the Rangers. I probably just fucking went off on that guy. Uh, <laughs> Curse of EO Dubs. uh, EO Dubs was on last week. Talk about the Islanders. Shout out to him. Yep. He's doing great shit for us. Uh, We appreciate you, Dubsy. Anders Lee is now on the long-term injury reserve. He won't be back for the, during the
1: regular season. That's the thing. That's what, uh what's Arthur, the Islanders? Arthur
0: Holy shit, dude. I didn't know it was that bad. Fuck.
1: So that's, that's. We were literally talking
0: about Anders Lee. Like that was what uh, most of last week's podcast was about how like. He just went... scored... Wow.
1: Yeah. And just how great of a player he is and like a leader. And we talked about how like he was kind of like the anti-Taveras and really like a huge part of the identity. So that sucks. Oh, and then I, to really put down this curse, we I kind of talked shit about Bellows last week, Kiefer Bellows. We talked about his dad, that video. Yeah, boy, uh, against the Devils, him. he scored like two goals in three minutes, tied it and won it. And I think he's replacing, um, he's replacing Lee on the top line, I believe. And the other guy who scored in that game was Wallstrom. So if the young guys score for the Islanders, who cares, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Islanders – You look at the Islanders, right? They kind of had like a mini rebuild without saying that they had a mini rebuild. Like, look at all these young kids coming up here and like fucking producing for these guys.
1: Shout out, Gord Snow. Um, And then uh, I wanted, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. We can move on.
0: Well, let's just go to the Rangers and Bruins, dude. Uh, The last two games that the Rangers played were my least favorite two games of the year. Uh, (laughs) They got shit pumped really bad by the Bruins. I forget we got shut out for nothing. Then did we shut you out for nothing?
1: Yeah, that's basically like the Bruins Rangers games this year went from like heated rivalries to just like teams blowing oh, each other out. So fucking stupid.
0: It was so much more fun. Like that one nothing game that you guys won was way more fun than either of these games.
1: Yeah. Dude, I honestly don't have a ton on it. Like I um, – I, one thing, I think you wrote something down, but Lemieux-Frederick at the end of the second game when the Rangers are winning – Lemieux like hit Frederick into the bench. I just wanted to come out and say, like, I'm not a complete homer. Like, it really wasn't that dirty. Like, I've seen Bruins do that to guys all the time. People were calling for suspensions. Of course they were, dude. They've never played before. Well, it's like, I don't know. Like, you said, you made a good point. Like, the door, like, kind of was closed. It was kind of open. Like, Lemieux yeah, had
2: no angle on.
0: If you watch Lemieux go towards him, he had no angle to figure out if that door was open or closed. I'm sure he probably was hoping that it was opened, but also it wasn't like he fucking pile-drived him into the fucking thing. Like He could have blown him up there. Like If that was open and he really wanted to hurt, he could have hurt him very seriously if he wanted to.
1: That was the classic, and you see it almost like every other shift in the NHL. Two teams are both changing lines and two forwards come together and, like, shove each other. Happens, like, every shift.
0: Dude, it pisses me off. There's, like, little plays in the game that people get pissed off about. Like, here's, here's one. Do you remember back when uh, – who was the Florida Panthers defenseman that, like, hit and pinned uh, right. Leos Pedersen, and then Pedersen went down with, like, a concussion, and everybody – was a Matheson? Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: That play happens literally 100 times a game, but, like, somebody fucking saw it and bitched about it and had a blue check mark, and then it just blew up. Like, this is exactly what this is. Like, this shit happens mm-hmm. – fucking
1: move on funny i just looked it up sometimes canucks fans are crazy they burn their city down panthers matheson had death threats after a hit on canucks patterson yeah.
0: that was like a fucking thing i'm sure lemieux probably had death threats from people down in southie we don't care that much oh i'm sure jack edwards was fucking calling for fucking tarn feathering after that
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know Did you have anything else on it uh, i feel like I,
0: we- dude i thought this was a really cool stat after the Bruins last night, 4-0 win against the Rangers. This was a couple days ago. Halak uh, earned his 52nd career shutouts, surpassing Tomas Vakun for 5th place in a historical ranking of most shutouts by European goalies. The first four belong to Hasek, Lomquist Rene, and Nabokov. For a guy who I think has spent a
1: majority of his
0: career as a backup goalie, fucking right, Yaroslav Halak. If there was a Hall of Fame for backup goalies, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, And he had a couple good years as a starter, but he was never consistently a starter, but... I've loved him since he's come over. Uh, I love that he rocks a mohawk this year. Yeah. Also, just because we're talking Rangers Bruins, did you see those stats? He's like twenty six five and something against the Rangers. That's crazy because he played in that division like for a while.
0: For the Islanders, it was always a lot of fun playing uh, when Halak was out there.
1: <laughs> I don't know that that was crazy to me that like he has I think like eight career shutouts against the Rangers. Uh, it's always funny when you when there's just that random ass goalie. Like, I don't know if the Bruins have had one recently. It was Holtby forever. Uh, but like Holtby was elite, so it made sense. No,
0: for sure. Uh, I did want to mention that Artemi Panarin came back. Uh there's a couple things I want to talk about with this. The first one is I guess when David Quinn, like when they first got Panarin, he talked to Torts, and Torts said that Artemi Panarin was one of the greatest tired players that he's ever coached in a sense that when he's tired, he can slow the pace down to where he wants to be, but he can also go to the pace that the game is actually at. I thought that was kind of a cool thing because like you see him do it, dude. Like when he has the puck, you're going at whatever speed he's going at. And I, I don't know. I just never really thought of that until I saw that. And I was like, Holy fuck, that's true. Um, it was nice having him back out there. He did look a little bit rusty. He hasn't skated in a while, but like, He made a sick pass to Strom for a nice little uh, tap in. Ryan Strom, by the way, dude, fucking ripping it up for Rangers. Everybody said that he was a product of Panarin, which I think half is true. But, like, when Panarin was out of the lineup, Strom's Strom's maybe been one of our best forwards all year. I know at the beginning he fucking kind of came off to a slow start. But once he kind of fucking starts to get going, that's Ryan Strom. Um Trying to think what else happened. Oh, Vitaly Krotov's coming over. He uh arrived in New York today. Oh, so he's in quarantine. Yeah, chirp all you want, but like our ninth overall pick is gonna be playing for the Rangers this year. And what's kind of cool, dude. You're gonna call me an idiot, whatever. I'm probably gonna get a ton of shit for this. But like obviously we have Capo Kako, right? Like we have Alexi Lafreniere. Like you often forget about all these other prospects that the Rangers have who are supposed to be considered elite and like this is one of them. Like this kid scored, I think he scored 40 goals in the KHL already. And I know it's not the NHL, but for a fucking prospect, that's pretty good shit. Yeah. What I've seen about him, he loves doing like a between the legs, like go around the defenseman. That's like his move. I wonder how long it's going to take for him to do that. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really fucking excited about it. Like it's, it's honestly like you, you forgot about it. Like when we first drafted him, like everybody was like, dude, we have this fucking guy. It's awesome. And then it's amazing what happens when you get the second overall and the first overall, you just completely forget about that guy. So, uh, oh, and the Rangers waved Jack Johnson today, uh, to make room for him. So
1: good. Check. Scores a goal and they wave him. That's fucked up.
0: And it's Jack Johnson, dude. Banana pin.
1: Wasn't, uh, so he was drafted, uh, right after wallstrom or right before wallstrom how did that work they picked they we picked, picked
0: we picked kratz when wallstrom was on the board because wallstrom wasn't supposed to be on the board and like pretty much every rangers fan i remember texting kevin veleni like during it like holy shit we're getting wallstrom this is sick and nobody had any idea they were going to pick this Russian and as the Rangers are walking up on stage, Bob McKenzie gives you the fucking the Bob bomb when he's like, yeah. And I think the Rangers are going to go off the board here with Russian elect uh, Vitaly Kratsov. Let's see who they pick. And of course they picked them. And it was like, what is going on right now? Like Walsham scored this many goals. He's a right-handed shot, fucking sick forward. Like, but I don't know We'll wait and see, dude, who knows? Like th- that's a cool thing about Russian prospects is like, I feel like it's either they're really good or they're not. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever, you don't really ever find a a Russian carving out a third line role in the NHL.
1: True. I mean, you guys, there's one thing we know about uh, the Rangers, they love Russians.
0: We love Russians, dude. Um, Can I Brands, shout out to these guys. Uh, I'm still using that fucking cream, dude. That's been helping me out. Uh, I think I'm going to dive back into the sleep stuff this week. I want to make sure I'm productive. So I'm going to be hammering that out later. Uh, You guys can go to canibrands.com. And use promo code TMS twenty five to save twenty five percent off your order. We talked about the can I sleep guarantee, where you know you have the spray, and if you're not cool, with it you send it back, you get your money back. It's no brainer. Um, if you guys use CBD, I, I would check it out. I know a lot of people have already, which we appreciate all of our listeners doing that. It actually makes me feel like I'm kind of cool. And uh, Hal, what do you have on it?
1: I, re-u- I re-upped on the sleep spray. Uh, that's my go-to. I I think I said it last week on the pod. I noticed like a difference. So Place the order. Qu- craziest thing about to me is I kind of live in the middle of nowhere. Their orders get to me in like three days. They don't uh, play games, dude. Zero games, great customer service, good product.
0: There it is, dude. Can't I sleep? That's such a Dale thing to do. All right. <laughs> Miss you, Dale. He's, he's actually, We didn't even bring this up. Dale's in the middle of a playoff hockey game right now. So we'll
1: see how that works. Pro- Probably he's probably uh short shifting guys right now going yeah, every other.
0: Definitely, dude. I think the game was at eight. Oh, it's probably over. Has he texted us? Nope, he hasn't. That's probably not good. Um, yeah, can I branch check them out? Uh one of our bloggers, he's been kind of crushing the game, dude. Uh Brownie, Boston Bruins writer. Uh love his write-ups. Hal likes them, so that makes me know that he's good at his shit because Hal would be like, This guy sucks if he sucks. So that's always good to hear. Uh, he's on a couple interviews. We're going to release one later this week. But he also did an interview, which we are about to get into, with uh, Nick Carpenito, who's the head associate head coach of Northeastern women's hockey as they're about to take on Robert Morris tomorrow. Uh, pretty cool interview, part one. I think they're going to have another part at some point next
3: week. But this is when the that's when I don't know. Here it is. Wow. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is Brownie coming to you from the uh, subterranean bat cave, and I have the pleasure to be interviewing the associate head coach of the Northeastern women's hockey team, Nick Carponino. What's up, buddy?
2: Nothing at all. I, ho- I hope you don't mind uh, the one year you put up with me back in the day. I'm not calling you Brownie. You're coach to me for now <laughs> and forever. So something you're going to have to deal with moving forward with this interview.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. Like I told you when we talked, it was weird referencing you as Nick. I'm like, no, he's Carp. I don't know who Nick is. So yeah, so I coached I coached Carp back in uh, his senior year of high school. I coached him in lacrosse, and we had a uh, fun time. I would say one of my one of my more uh, interesting players to coach. I, we got along very well as an attackman and an offensive coach. And uh, we can get into the pickle juice at a later date. You know, we'll save yeah, that.
2: Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> now oh, the you, post tournament interview, we could tackle that.
3: Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, <laughs> So you are out in beautiful Erie, PA, uh, getting yep. ready to take on um, Robert Morris tomorrow
2: afternoon. Yeah, two o'clock. Yeah, two o'clock game against Robert Morris.
3: It uh, the NCAA website has the times listed in uh, Greenwich Mean Time, and it says six o'clock. I was like, <laughs> seriously, like, try, like help us out.
2: Let us watch the girls play, please. You know, yeah, that's well above my pay grade. But no, uh, no,
3: you don't want to say anything bad about the NCAA either. <laughs> yeah. So, you guys are coming in off a historic season. I mean, just what a wagon of a team. Uh, the number one seed in an eight-team field, taking on Robert mm-hmm. Morris, who this is kind of a home game for them. They're two hours down the road. Uh, yep. I don't know in Pen- in Pennsylvania what the uh, COVID regulations are. Are there going to be fans in the
2: building? So, as of right now, the only thing I know is that they are giving teams – a certain allotment. I think it's, it's specifically for family and friends. Um, I've heard rumblings about them offering stuff up to the public, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it's going to depend on how many of those tickets get scooped up for, for the teams and um, you know, whatever the percentage of players or of people they're allowing in the building during the game. So um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on. That's again, something that's above my pay grade, even, yeah. even internally at Northeastern. So um yeah, you know, I, I do know that there will be people in the building. It's just a matter of what the capacity limit that they're going to they're going to place on this tournament is.
3: I just there was just a curious thing because I was I had no idea what Robert Morris University was and yeah. uh, I looked it up and I'm like, "Oh, it's a 2-hour car ride."
2: You know. Yeah, yeah, they're not too far away. I mean, uh, the the host team um for this tournament is Mercyhurst University, who's right here in Erie. Um, yeah. I know Robert Morris and Mercyhurst; they're they're pretty big time rivals. They played each other in their conference tournament in the semifinals, and uh, it was an overtime overtime game for Robert Morris. So, um, yeah, I mean we we anticipate that it's it's going to have a pretty decent amount of Robert Morris fans in the stands, and I think that's that's one of the interesting things about this tournament this year. Just given you know COVID and whatnot, is is usually um, the first round game is at the higher seat. Right. And then they'll play the frozen right. for at at a neutral site. So, um, you know, in a year of challenges, it's just another challenge we have to we have to step up to. And, you know, we're, we're ready for it. That's for sure.
3: Doesn't break. It makes you stronger. It's always the it's always the way. Uh, so I did as deep a dive as I could on Robert Morris. No common opponents. You mm-hmm. guys, they came out of the College Hockey America tournament mm-hmm. uh scouting film's available I'm assuming for you yeah yeah so
2: you- go, ahead. go ahead no no go ahead no, I, I was gonna say um you know every each team swaps their last game so you know for for pretty much every team in this conf or in this uh tournament except for one or two um I think two it is the final game for their conference tournament so uh, we got their one nothing game against uh, Syracuse, and, and they got our six two win over Providence, which was Hockey East championship. So, right, um, you know, that's that's what you get, and that's what you have to work with. And I mean, it's it's just protocol; it's how they do it at our tournament.
3: Have Have you done, or do you handle the scouting of the of the opponent? Is that one yeah. of your in your wheelhouse?
2: It's, it's definitely something I do quite a bit. Of. Like I, I do a lot of the video here, but, um, you know, it's most of the time it's a pretty collective effort. So our, our assistant coach, uh, Lindsay Berman, she runs our penalty kill, uh, which is has been absolutely outstanding this year. She's done a phenomenal job with it. So she'll do a lot of the special team stuff. And, um, you know, you, even when you're watching special teams, you're still going to watch the game. And you're still going to kind of put your heads, heads together to, you know, make sure um, either – myself, Coach Flint, Coach Berman's not missing something. And, uh, you know, just kind of compile all the information and put it in a little five minute video for the team and and show them what we got. And um, it was, I mean, they're, they're a good team. That's for sure. They got, uh, they got, they're very, very disciplined defensively. You know, they, they try to throw pucks out front and and outnumber you if they can. They have a, a couple of really quality defensemen. One of them um, number five, Curlette, she's she's probably got one of the best shots in the NCAA in, in women's hockey and she gets them through and, um, you know, big physical, I think for us, we got to depend on our speed. That's a, a big strength for us. And I think we might have them in, in that, um, you know, in, in that specific arena. Um, so as long as we're doing a good job taking care of the puck and on both blue lines and preventing them from transitioning on us, I think we should be in a pretty good spot against them.
3: I actually have the stats that uh, Curlett. She's got a uh, second highest shots on the season. She got 102 shots on net. Yep. Yeah.
2: Pretty the other, other yes, yeah, not,
3: not too shabby. Not too <laughs> shabby. You know which goalie they're going with? I was looking at their, and it seems like the um, the sophomore uh, Reagan Kirk did yeah. the, most of the starts throughout the season. But in the tournament, they gave each goalie a game.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we're we're gonna assume that we're probably playing her. She's been pretty strong for them. Um, you know, their their backup goaltender is also very good. So I mean, at the end of the day, at, at this point, everybody's got good goaltending. Everybody's got yeah. good defense. You know, so um, you know the the video that we had, we were able to watch Kirk, and um, you know, we figured since they put her in for a championship game, she's probably their big game goalie. So we'll, we're planning on running into her, and you know if if we don't then just like everything else this year right. we just got to adjust and hopefully still put pucks behind her
3: it was just a it was just a weird thing that stood out to me that three games in the tournament it was a different goalie each time yeah. and i didn't know and there was no mentions of injuries or you know anything like that so it was just yeah. a curious
2: move yeah honestly you see that a lot from a lot of teams this year it's i think you know realistically every week it's you don't know what's going to happen you know so like your your starting goalie could catch you know, COVID and, right. you know, you need to have somebody that that's got experience throughout the course of the year. And, you know, it's not just for goaltenders, it's for, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a little bit more control and, you know, who gets starts as far as goaltending goes. And, um, you know, the fact that both of their goalies have that experience throughout the course of the year, I, I think is a, a big benefit for them as, you know, we, we gave our backup goaltender Gwyneth Phillips, uh, you know, a few games this year. So, um, you know, If anything happens, she's ready as well. But yeah. you know, we're, we're going to be rolling with Aaron for sure, as I'm sure they know she's played a bulk of our games. and you know, She's a, an outstanding goaltender for us as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to – we could spend 40 minutes talking about her, but I, I, I was looking at some of her stats, and I told you earlier, she might be the best women goaltender of all time. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, yeah. Her numbers stacked up against the guys' goalies this year. She'd lead all major categories in NCAA against the men or women.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing about her is she's not, she's not a big goalie. She's, she's very athletic, but you know, I think what separates her from the pack is her compete level. Like she, she hates to get scored on. She'll do anything she can to not get scored on. And, you know, with a drive like that and, and athleticism, like she's got, I mean, it's, it's a really tough puzzle to solve. And, um, you know that's that's one of the things our our head coach coach flint who, who primarily works with our goalies look for when he recruits goaltenders is uh, you know the, the first thing is the compete level you know and the second yeah. thing is how do they react after they get scored on like are they going to hang their head and you know stress out the rest of their team or are they going to you know understand that as a goalie you're going to get scored on it stinks but you're going to get scored on and um you know you're going to be able to bounce back from it and and she's someone that, when she does let up a goal, which is, you know, for us, fortunately, this year hasn't been a ton. Yeah, right. She bounces right back, and uh, you know, she's ready for the next shot coming her way.
3: She one of those uh, chill, chill goalies, or she get pissed when she gets scored on?
2: Um, I, I think if you asked her, she'd tell you she's she's chill, and you know, I think that she's a pretty relaxed goaltender. But uh, I can I can assure you that she does not like to get scored on. You know, and, <laughs> and it's great because, you know, it doesn't matter what the setting is. It could be games, could be practice. And, you know, that, that's why she's so good in games is because she brings that same compete level every time she's on the ice for practice as well. And it, it translates seamlessly for her.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, That's I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to play goalie, but if you're in that, I think that's the right attitude to have.
2: Yeah, we, <laughs> you always need one, at least one, right? I have no interest <laughs> in it, but, you know, we have three kids on our team that do, and, and God bless them for that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what I was going—the other thing I was going to ask about um, about the team and how you're preparing them. It's an odd start time, yeah, two o'clock on a Monday. I mean, yeah, you, you guys haven't—you mostly night games. You had some weekends, but mostly nights, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, we we had a pretty healthy mix of the the afternoon games. Usually, it was some, either four thirty or seven thirty. Um, you know, again, if if it was a normal season, this would be this game would probably be played Friday or Saturday. You know, probably seven or four thirty somewhere in there, and then uh teams would come out here probably tuesday for the thursday friday set or the or the third i'm sorry the saturday sunday whatever they used to do so um and again it's, it's just one of those things where a weird year you gotta you gotta adapt to everything and um you know we've been we've been fortunate where the last couple of days we've had practice times around to not not quite to a little bit earlier, but. Um, you know they, they know what they need to do to be ready for for these games and you know at the end of the day it's a national tournament if if you can't get up for this then you know there's right. there's something a little bit deeper that's going on but uh, yeah. we're ready we've had a couple great days of practice and um, you know we're we're definitely really excited and ready to go
3: yeah the other the other thing I noticed about in looking at Robert Morris physical play big time uh, yeah big time physical play I mean they had uh there was a few majors in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we're, we're used to that. I mean, we're with the team speed that we have, I mean, the, the best way to slow down a fast team is to play physical with them. And, um, you know, we, we've run into that quite a bit. So, um, you know, you see that in watching the video and, and we address that with the team. And, um, you know, as long as we, we keep moving our feet and if they want to play physical on us, we just need to make sure that we're matching the intensity. But, um, you know, if, if, they're gonna play physical on us then they're probably gonna take some penalties which we're right. which we're okay with and you know that's as long as we're moving our feet and not retaliating but um you know we've we've run into it a lot this year and I, I think that we're we're mentally and physically prepared for it for sure.
3: Nice nice yeah it's it's just unusual to see that many majors from the yeah. women's from a women's club. I was taken aback by it when I was looking at their stats.
2: Yeah it's it's interesting. You know with women's hockey obviously there's no body checking but it's physical. You know, I think that's a common misconception. I'm not saying that you're saying that by any means, because I know you've seen before, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a common misconception that because there's no body checking in women's hockey, that's not a physical game, but in all honesty, some of the most physical games I've ever seen have been, have been women's hockey games and, um, Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's got their style. I think we have a little bit more of a speed style, but we're fortunate where we do have some pretty good size and some pretty good strength, and, and we can stand up to, you know, physical play whenever it comes our way.
3: I think that most of the people that look at our site or listen to the podcast are beer leaguers at some level. <laughs> and you and I have played together in pickups yeah. and beer leagues, and there's no checking but
2: you certainly feel it the next day. So
3: yep. these are all top notch athletes in their twenties. It's a you know, it's a whole different deal, you know.
2: Yeah, I think we probably feel it the next day just because we're old and out of shape and not because oh, yeah. we're getting our heads pounded into the ground throughout the course of this forty five minutes they have <laughs> us playing. But I definitely I do feel it in the legs sometimes after I play. I'll tell you that.
3: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you're in your uh, your seventh year.
2: With NU
3: Northeastern, yep. your third as the associate head coach. Yeah. Uh, biggest transition going to that level at the associate head coach that you yeah, had to uh,
2: adjust we, to. We're we're an interesting staff because we do a lot of things by committee. You know, I think um, like there, I wouldn't as far as being associate head coach. Like our our other assistant coach Lindsay, she does the same amount of stuff as I do you know we, we might just have different responsibilities but you know I, I think it's more of a title than anything in in the grand scheme of things but um you know I think that the transition wasn't really that tough for me because we pretty much I'm doing most of the stuff that I did uh you know as as the assistant coach before I I got uh, you know named associate head coach and um you know maybe there's a, a couple little little administrative things here and there that i have to do differently but it's not uh, it's not a, a huge transition for me which i think is good just because that's that's how it's this program's always been run. like we we do things by committee and um you know so the the transition was pretty seamless for me when do you
3: head back out on the uh recruiting
2: trail well uh the so right now the ncaa is in what's called a, a dead period and um, you know, typically the or a, yeah dead period. And, you know, typically with recruiting, the month of May is what's called a quiet period. Uh, and then there are a couple dead periods throughout the course of the year. And basically a dead period is there's no in-person recruiting, um, you know, and, and a quiet period, there's no off-campus recruiting. So um, pretty much since last March, I think it has been because of covid we haven't been able to it's been a dead period right so we haven't been able to recruit off campus in almost a year which is is crazy so um as of right now it's been extended to june 1st i believe so that would be the first time i can actually get off campus and and go watch assuming there's no uh there's no extension of it right yeah but um as as of right now that's it and i'm chomping at the bit i'm ready to go although it, it has been okay i mean this is this might might sound a little selfish, but I had a daughter this past year, so I haven't been on the road as much as I can be, or as much as I normally am, because I uh, I've been obviously not allowed right. to. So uh, when when recruiting season picks back up, she's going to wonder where where her dad is quite a bit more than she usually does. Yeah, That's for
3: sure. Well, the beauty of technology, you, you know, you can you can do this with her at night, you know, when yeah. you're on the road. For sure. Enough. Uh, all right, so I want to leave it here because you're getting ready for the game tomorrow afternoon. Uh, hopefully, you guys take care of business, and we can touch base throughout the tournament and then have a recap at the end. Um, I'm just gonna wish you the best of luck, Carp. I'm super awesome. proud of what you're doing. I think it's Appreciate fantastic. You. The uh, the team's an absolute wagon. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask for any predictions or anything like that. I but if give anyone you one. No, I know. I'll if give you my gonna...
2: on Saturday after the last game on Saturday. I'll tell you yeah, how perfect. we do. Perfect, <laughs>
3: perfect. But what I will ask heading into the game: yeah. anyone to keep an eye on any player that's popped off in practice? Anyone looks like they got their legs? Anyone looking like they've been sniping?
2: Yeah, I mean we have we have a we have a few usual suspects. I think when when that question comes up, um, obviously Frankel, our, our goaltender. Yeah. Um, she's someone that you got to keep an eye out for, and she was just named a finalist for the uh, goalie national goalie of the year award, um, which uh, well I, is well deserved for her for sure. Um, so we have uh, a forward Alina Mueller from Switzerland. Um, so you know, on the men's side, they have the Hobie Baker Award, which is basically like for for you know lack of lack of a better description. Uh, it's like the Heisman for men's hockey. On on the women's hockey side, we have what's called the Patty Kazmaier Award. Um, we actually have three final, three, three finalists in the top 10, uh, this year. Um, one of them's Franco. One of them's Alina Mueller from Switzerland, who's probably one of the most dynamic players you'll ever see. Um, you know, she's, she's an unbelievable playmaker. She can, you know, bury pucks mid range. She's got unbelievable hands, uh, great skater too. And, and, you know, tons of skill. Um, so it's, that's someone I'd keep an eye on, um. The other uh, Patty Kazmaier candidate is Skylar Fontaine, who's a defenseman, um, very, very possibly one of the fastest skaters in the NCAA. She's got a great hmm. shot. Um, you know, she had
3: was, the empty netter in the PC game.
2: Yep, that was her. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and you know, you saw that game, you saw that goal, and I mean, she was probably about uh, half a zone away from the kid that she caught to to you know beat for that foot race. But um, you know, so her, she's she's unbelievable as well, and. I think the craziest part about those three especially was, you know, they do a, a three-player finalist pool for Hockey East Player of the Year. And this was the first time that I've ever heard that all three of our players, so those three players in Franco, Fontaine, and, and Mueller, were um, the top three finalists for that same award, which was, oh. which was crazy. Yeah.
3: Nice sweep. and makes it easy on the old recruiting, too, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, number twelve, uh, Chloe Arar. She's from France. She's uh, she's on our first line as well. She's like one of the most skilled players I've ever seen, and beautiful skater as well. Great playmaker, and um, you know, someone I think you and I can relate to a little bit more. And, and someone that I think gets overlooked quite a bit is, is number forty-two on our team, Tessa Ward. She's our our third line center, and you know, she she contributes offensively but her main strength is her defensive abilities. And, you know, she takes pucks off of every part of her body just to, just to keep it off, uh, to keep it away from our goaltender. And, you know, I think that she's an incredibly undervalued player that, that's always fun to watch. And, uh, you know, someone that's also very, very physical. And, uh, you know, especially going up uh, against a team like Robert Morris, who has physical tendencies, she's someone that's going to really stir stuff up and, and make things difficult for them, just like they're trying to do to us.
3: I can't wait. I'm going to be watching with my my daughter. She's super stoked when she sees the girls going by at the ponytail. She's like,
2: those are girls. Super
3: <laughs> super into it. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Good, no, I'm glad. Absolutely. Hopefully we yeah, put on great. a good show for her. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't worry about her. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's sign off here and we'll pick this back up. You know, after uh, sometime next week, I'll text you and we'll figure something out.
2: Sounds good, coach. All right.
3: Thanks, Carp. I appreciate you doing this. Of course.
2: Anytime.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Nick Carponino for hopping on Brownie. You're crushing it, dude. Keep it up. Uh, We kind of have like a fucking blog thing going on. How have you seen that? Where like he writes a blog about how dog shit the Rangers are. And then I write a dog, uh, an article about like how Adam Fox didn't have a six, nine like legend helping him out. And he's figuring out the game at a faster pace than somebody you had. So I don't know if you saw that, but we've been going back and forth me and him. It's kind of like a fun little thing. I'm surprised you haven't jumped in on it yet, but, uh,
1: well, that's like well. First off, Bruins Bruins fans have a code, right? So we would never, I would never third man in on a fight. I think he's handling himself just fine. We're also kind of grudge guys. Like I have Disco over in my corner. Um, mm. If he wants to write to you, I'm all for it. I mean, I've been talking shit to you about the Rangers for a decade, so I get that. It's going to be bittersweet when Charlie
0: McVoy becomes a New York Ranger. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, with Eichel, <sighs> yeah. it's going to be fucking sick, dude. And you know what? You know what's kind of weird It's like, it probably won't happen, but there definitely is a small chance that it does. Like, would that be your worst nightmare?
1: Oh. Uh,
3: I mean,
0: that'd be pretty bad. That'd be a bad day for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing – how do I put this? Because, like, you're selfish as a fan. And, like, if, like, the Bruins could win a cup with McAvoy first and then he was like, I want to go home, I would probably be cool with it. But, like, if, if he just, like, leaves a free agency for, like, 15 million some year – to go with the Rangers and play with like Jack Eichel. And that's pretty much it because they traded all their other prospects. And I'll probably be pretty sad about it.
0: We'll see, dude. But
1: <laughs> all right. So that's what we have here. And I think we have one more
0: segment, right? We're going to do a little Dom Moore's uh, Heroes and Zeros. I just got to find
1: there. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here.
0: All right. Heroes and Zeros time. My hero of the week. Goes to Henrik Lundqvist, dude. I guess there's like a chance that he actually ends up playing this year. Uh, I think it's impressive what he's doing. Uh, McClellan said, "I see the videos, like you guys see the video. I don't know how likely or unlikely it is. I mean, he had valve replacement surgery. It would be pretty incredible if he was able to come back. I guess we'll uh, see where he is at that at, at the end. There, probably unlikely, but I wouldn't rule it out. Be kind of cool if he was able to come back after that and like play a little bit this year. You know that you know big Henrik Lundqvist guy. Fucking, I wish that he could on a cup in New York, but." Um, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty badass. That's my one hero. And then I also have another hero hey,
1: really quick. I didn't, e- I was going to say, I didn't even know that was a possibility. I thought, I, I thought he was completely done. So that is cool. Um, and we can just remind people to, uh, Dale's hero of the week, a couple weeks back when he said the Rangers should have made Lundquist the captain. People don't forget that. That was tough. And I, from a capital's perspective, you have to be pumped. Cause I know it's like end of the road. Lundqvist kind of but maybe he's got rest like Samsonov hasn't been great Uh, and like Vanacek like I'm not sold on Vanacek there's something about him it's just one of those goalies that has weird equipment like I feel like if you're a Caps fan you embrace this
0: I mean Henrik Longquist. if you look at his playoff stats are they're next level good I mean obviously he hasn't won a cup but like his goals against and shit like that and like his record in game sevens Hey, that's somebody you want on your team. Uh I have one other hero. Torts is just gonna be torts, dude. Apparently Patrick Laine was playing a pretty decent game and then he got scratched for third period and overtime. Patrick Line on his lack of ice time in the third period and overtime. I thought I was playing good, but I guess I thought wrong. Torts is gonna torts, is gonna Line. This is gonna be a battle back and forth. I keep seeing like reports like where people think that Tortorella is actually trying to be fired by doing the shit that he's trying
1: to do. Um I think it's the last year in his contract though. So like they're not I don't think they're gonna fire him like covid like no one wants to spend money like i think he's gonna ride it out so maybe this is just like him like being like fuck you guys i'm gonna do what i want for this last year
0: bro it'd be pretty funny if torts was trying to get fired like if he was like michael scott walking around with a whiskey and sugar and like a cup just fucked up all the time and just doing random weird shit i would love that um that was my hero and then i'm just gonna finish off my zero to the new jersey devils i'm not even gonna pretend like i know how to pronounce this kid's name yan Yon- kook yanni koken Kokenanen,
1: Kokanen. kokenan
0: I don't know. They, they spelled fucking, they fucking spelt his name wrong on his jersey.
1: Well, it's tough. It's tough to make fun of him for spelling the name wrong when you can barely even read it, and I can't either. It's a tough name. But it's you're right. I mean, spell check it. <laughs> yeah, bro.
0: Like you have a fucking press release. Like you can look him up on HockeyDB. There's easy ways to figure out how to spell this kid's name. Or could just ask him.
1: Yeah, but what are you gonna do? If you're the guy making jerseys, you're gonna slide in the locker and be like, "Hey, bro, can you write your name down on a piece of paper?" Did
0: that guy get fired?
1: Probably not, right? Like I, I don't know. Is that? I guess that's probably. Bro, that's if you're a pretty, the guy who stitches the NHL jerseys, that's, that's I guess like that's your job,
0: it. dude. Your job is to have that not happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but it's not like he, the player, couldn't perform. It was just like a typo. I I guess,
0: dude. I don't know. I, I feel, agree. Like, I feel like you have one job, and like it's probably hard stitching jerseys, like no doubt about it. But like, I mean, that's definitely their worst nightmare. You're supposed to spell something right, and you spelled it wrong. And you had it right in front of him?
1: I don't know. You know Here. what? I just want – I think it was a week or two ago. It was a play appreciation day in America. So, um, I just want to let that guy know, like, you're doing a great job. Keep sewing those jerseys. We have your back. Love that day. <laughs> um. <laughs> hero. My hero of the week. will go. I just thought this was a good one. Daryl Sutter's first practice with the Flames, and he back skated them 30 minutes into practice. I like that move. Um, I don't think Daryl Sutter's obviously the answer there, but maybe he gets the boys going. It always seems like Calgary just has an issue, right? Arguably the biggest wildcard team in the league. Lucic, who played for him under the Kings, and actually that's literally right before he fell apart with the Oilers and got that huge contract. Lucic played great for Sutter, and I don't know if you noticed, he had two big fights last week. I think he fought Nurse, and then Josh Anderson, he fed him too. So Saw great that Lucic back, and I think sometimes – uh, you just need to bag skate your players and have them do some sprints in the middle of practice, get them to fight. Back to the basics, right, dude? Like, Yeah, yeah. like, I don't they've know. They've been there before. I so, love how,
0: dude, not <laughs> a little over a half hour into him being a head coach on the fucking line. I mean, that's whipping your dick out.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Let the boys know that you're here. And, like, they had to expect it. Like, I feel like if you're Milan Lucic, when guys are like, what the fuck's going on, he's probably like, this is it. Like, this is it, boys. You know? I told you guys. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm happy that Daryl Sutter stuck to his guns there. Zero of the Weeks, John Scott. We were talking a lot with Fever Boy Rex last night about John Scott's podcast. And I just wanted to bring this up because I saw this clip on social kind of going around. John Scott basically in reference to, like, how big of a homer uh, Jack Edwards was and, like, how when he, Scott referenced when he would fight Sean Thornton, Edwards would act like Thornton was kicking his ass when he wasn't. And he said... Uh, If I played in Boston, that guy, that guy would be buying me breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. It's like, one, relax, John Scott. Like you weren't that sweet. I don't care what anybody says. He was six foot eight, and he was a giant ogre. But like, Bugard was a sweet, huge fighter. Peter Warrell, Scott Parker, those were cool, huge ass fighters. John Scott was never that tough. Like he was, but like ultimately, John Scott's career is he fought a little bit. He tried to bully, uh, Phil Kessel, and Phil Kessel took his stick like an axe and swung it at him. Uh, He ruined Louis Erickson's career, arguably, uh, and he got a charity vote to go to the All Star game. So, like Louis Erickson, uh, he he like direct headshot, and then McQuaid tried to fight him. It was a big thing. Uh,
0: I would agree that if if we're breaking down enforcers in the NHL,
1: he was never that cool.
0: He there was never like, oh, he's gonna fight John Scott. And, like, if, if it was me, I would be scared. But you know our, our hockey I, would never be like, I would never be like, oh, God, he's fighting. Like, I was never, like, scared. Yeah. Or, like, like- I was Boogard, it'd be like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> like. No, exactly. And, like, I was thinking about, like, our hockey fights guy, Southpaw. He used yeah. to always do those, like, enforcer brackets. I don't think John Scott's ever really invited to that. Um, I just think John Scott thinks he's super important. Also, I don't know if you noticed, this came out like, two days before, I think Ryan Whitney was kind of making fun of Jack Edwards on spit and chiclets, and it's like, don't, like, when Ryan Whitney did it, it was funny. It's like, you don't need to try to, like, get involved to, like, fucking chill out John Scott, maybe mix in a swear word and, like, get out of my face.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure if I've met him, he's probably a nice guy, but, like...
1: I'm probably burning bridges right now, but I just think I need to stay true to my colors, because when we... when You've always been on like the him. league. Yeah. Not a fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of, like, that's one of the... If we were to have a biography for Hal, like not a John Scott guy.
1: No, those Sharks teams, really. I was pretty heavy against Brett Burns for a while, too. It was something about the Iguanas.
0: (laughs) Something like that, bro. But, oh, man, this is an hour, almost an hour and a half podcast.
1: But that was the episode of Morning
0: Skate. Thank you for tuning in. Hal, do you have anything else for our fans at home?
1: That's it. Hopefully Dale comes back firing next week. Did he text us? No, no, I tried to get an update for the fans on Dale's playoff game. No no updates, I'm assuming that's a that's an no. L.
0: The game was the game was at eight and it's nine fifty, so should be Yeah, weird.
1: and what do they play? They play like one sixty nine minute period.
0: Yeah, running time. <laughs> Fucking A man. All right, that was this episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, can I brands TMS twenty five? That's the promo code. Check it out. We're gonna have podcasts all week. Um, and we're going to figure some shit out. So, uh, thanks Al. And we will talk to you guys later.